The universe is filled with billions of galaxies, incredible planets, enormous black holes. The universe is also filled with incredible mysteries, which leaves me with a lot of questions. Which leaves us with a lot of questions. And we're here to answer some of them. Welcome to The Astrolic Explains. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Chris Asks Alfredo Some Interesting Questions. I don't know why you have this Niles Crane kind of start today, but oh. welcome to the Astrolic Explains. I was going for like late night BBC, but it's fine. Okay. <laughs> so today on the Astrolic Explains, I want to talk to you about some of the other planets in our solar system. Mm-hmm. Because over the last few months, I guess... There have been new stories about how astronomers have come up with very precise observations of how long a day is on uh, Venus and on Saturn. And at the time doesn't mean uh, anything anymore, but that's been over the last few years. Yeah, but okay. <laughs> time has no meaning. And yeah. But we're talking about time. Yeah. So you want to discuss... Uh, the length of days. I do. Um, I want to know about the length of days because, well, I mean, these are not small objects and we have such powerful telescopes now. Why has it taken so long for people to observe exactly how long a day is? I would have just thought that they could use their telescope, point it at these planets, and over however long it is, however long it is, you notice, oh, there's that speck on this side of the planet. And then when the next time you see it, you mark that time and you think that's the length of a day. So what's new? What's changed? Why is it taking so long? A very, very good question. Um, apart from uh, the example. Well, that was my example. So I, yes. it was bound to be wrong. No. Mm. Thank you not, for disagreeing. Not wrong, <laughs> exactly, but uh, limited. Um, so your approach um, doesn't exactly work uh, because um, especially with uh, um, the gas giant planets um, they have uh, atmospheres that are moving and how can you estimate if the atmosphere is moving at the same speed as the planet is rotating? Ha! And Venus is covered in a thick layer of clouds so how can you estimate uh, how the planet is rotating? And also, and I'm not finished uh, because there is another <laughs> Sorry, thing. Like, in. what kind of uh, day are we considering? Are we considering the day with respect uh, to the sun, or are we considering the day with respect to the stars? Uh, I would guess the day with respect to the sun, because we measure our day with respect to the sun. And the sun is still... But that's because uh, the solar day on Earth uh, and the sidereal day... What does that mean? um, With respect to the star. Oh, okay. um, They are very similar on Earth and on Mars. So it is... uh, One is uh, the time between two midnights. So when uh, the sun is on the opposite meridian... Yeah. And the other one is when a specific star is uh, passing, uh, time between uh, a specific star passing on top of the meridian where you are. 
so they are very very um, close when it comes to earth if we want to get the, the precise value solar day is 24 hours plus or minus a few seconds depending on when throughout the year and sidereal day is 23 hours 56 minutes and a handful of seconds so, so it's really close it's really close and it's very similar to mars mars is slightly longer than earth um, and the difference between uh, uh, solar day and uh, sidereal day is, I think, about a few minutes. When it comes to Mercury, when it comes to the sidereal day, it's in a resonance with the Sun 3 to 2. So every two orbits around the Sun, it rotates with respect to the fixed stars three times. But actually, a uh, solar day on Mercury, it takes two orbits to be completed. That... Wait, hang on. Because we measure a trip around the sun as a year. Yes. So a... Day on Mercury is twi uh... twice as long as a year. Yeah. That's mad. Yes. Wow. The day and the solar system are very peculiar. Okay. For the giant planets, um, the approach to do that has been looking at the magnetic field because they have uh, all strong magnetic fields. Um, in the case of uh, Uranus, as uh, uh, we talked in the past, uh, that is very weird and messy. Um, but you can measure um, the difference between the rotation uh, through the axis of rotation and usually the axis of the magnetic field is pointing in a different uh, uh, way and so it acts a little bit like a lighthouse and uh, it, it's magnetic field emits uh, radio waves so that the same point is always exuding the same frequency of radio waves so that when it rotates you can measure and you know yeah, that you, is the same point. I think, just think of it as a little bit like a lighthouse, but it's not uh, um, always the case. For example, Saturn, because on Saturn, it's magnetic field and its rotation axis are pretty much the same. <laughs> and you cannot use that track, but the researcher has come up with a pretty cool way to do it. Okay. And I got the, the person that did that to actually uh, come and tell us how. So we're going to speak to an expert on exactly that. We're going to speak to an expert on exactly that. All right. Um, to answer the question about uh, the rotation of Saturn, we're joined by Dr. Christopher Mankovic from Caltech. Uh, hello. Hi there. Thanks for having me on. It's our pleasure. So, so we'd like to know why was it so difficult to estimate the length of a day on Saturn in the first place? That's a great question. Uh, and I, I, the basic answer is that Saturn is really unusual among the solar system planets because it has this kind of what could be viewed as an incredible coincidence or maybe not a coincidence, depending on your point of view. Um, and that is that it's magnetic axis is almost perfectly aligned with its rotation axis. So it's unlike the Earth, where we there's kind of a well-known offset between those two because magnetic north is not the same as 
as, as geographic north. Um, on Saturn, those are exactly the same direction. And the reason why that makes it inconvenient for understanding Saturn's rotation is because you don't have the benefit of this big planetary magnetic field rotating around uh, as the planet rotates. Um, for instance, on Jupiter, uh, the rotation period has been known for a really long time, like I, I think dating back to the 50s. Um, because Saturn's, because, sorry, because Jupiter's enormous magnetic field is kind of rotating every time the planet rotates. And this gives you this uh, beaming of radiation that is exactly at the period of the length of the Jupiter day. So it's, it's known to, I think, sub millisecond accuracy, the length of a day on Jupiter. For Saturn, you just don't have that. If you look, it's just basically a fixed magnetic field. Um, you can't observe this periodic beaming of radiation that lets you kind of clock the length of a Saturn day. And so the rotation of the interior is really mysterious. Wow, that's amazing. Um, so how did you actually do it? Yeah, so in our case, what we did is we looked at something com completely different. Uh, don't worry about the magnetic field um, because we know it's not giving away that much. What we did is use kind of a novel way of studying the interior of the planet, which is to use ring seismology. And what that means is observing patterns in Saturn's rings that turn out to be caused by kind of movements of the fluid inside Saturn itself. Um, so yeah, to, to try to unpack a little bit what that actually means. Um, if you look closely at the rings, um, kind of, you know, if you zoom out and you look at the rings, it's like kind of a big sheet of material and that material turns out to be almost pure ice. So it's kind of a, a bunch of ice cubes in orbit around Saturn. Um, but they're so small that it looks almost like a fluid sheet. And in certain places, if you look closely, you'll see structure in that big sheet of material. And that structure can take the form of waves that are kind of like waves on the surface of a, of a lake or, or what have you. And some of those waves are, it turns out, excited by oscillations that are happening in the interior of the planet. So kind of think something akin to earthquakes that travel through the interior of the Earth, except um, in Saturn, which is a fluid planet, they're not earthquakes per se because they're not propagating through solid material, but they're kind of this constant roiling of the fluid that makes up the planet. And that kind of oscillation that's happening at all times gives us these patterns in the rings. And observing these patterns in the rings can let us figure out the frequencies of the oscillations inside the planet. And it turns out that those frequencies of the planet's own oscillations give away the rotation of the deep interior. That is incredible. So pretty much uh, you have Saturn uh, interior that is sloshing about uh, and uh, it is creating waves uh, in the ice cubes that make up the rings. Yeah, wow. that's exactly right. And it's, it's kind of incredible when you say it all at once. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, the, the reason it's sort of able to do this magic is because that sloshing inside the planet um, involves moving mass around. And since you're moving mass around, you're affecting the gravity field. So you're, you're essentially creating wiggles in the gravity field. And the rings that are in orbit feel those wiggles and they start to kind of wiggle in response. <laughs> Amazing, that's so cool. Wonderful, thank you very much. Yeah, of course, you're so welcome. That was incredible. And I feel like I know a lot more about that now. Yeah, yeah I think... I'm still amazed that we can find uh, 
ways to always come up with the resolution. This one is just like, yes, we can see the waves uh, on the Saturn's rings and that gives an idea about uh, its rotation, which is fascinating. Um, so what about Venus? Yeah, I was about uh, to introduce the other problem uh, child of the solar system. Um, Venus is also quite complicated because it rotates very slowly and it has a very thick atmosphere. So we cannot just uh, look at, okay, how long it's taking to rotate, etc. Um, the best approach, uh, the best method that has been uh, developed to study Venus is something that has fascinated me simply because the researcher um, described it as turning Venus in a sort of radio wave uh, um, disco ball. <laughs> what do you mean by disco ball, Venus? So, the way they had to measure uh, high rotates is by sending radio waves to Venus, and then it will be reflected on some of the surface of Ooh. Venus and sent back to Earth at a slightly different angle because it's rotating. Just like a disco ball. Okay. And by measuring uh, how the um, radio waves have been reflected, the angle, etc., they can estimate how uh, fast it's rotating. I get it. Yeah. Okay, this is cool. Fantastic. And so, you see, there are ways to do it that... Uh, don't rely on just looking at a position and just keeping track. That is certainly possible, but you are also forced to work out uh, uh, exactly um, your frame of reference because you are moving as well. So it can get quite complicated. The best way would be being on solid ground and just track the movement of um, the sun or the stars uh, on whichever world um, you would want to uh, measure your rotation. But that is not always uh, possible. Uh, it is possible for some objects, not for others, uh, um, because maybe it takes a long time for them to rotate or don't have any visible features. Or maybe the features are moving much faster, for example, on um, Uranus, uh, the um, atmospheric feature, and it is quite, uh, especially in visible light, uh, it's a, lo a little bit more exciting in infrared, but in visible light you don't really see much, but they're moving three um, with three hours faster around the planet than the planet is rotating itself. And we know, or maybe you don't, but Uranus is a mess of a planet because it rotates on its side and is um, because it's been pounded. Because it's been pounded, it had a massive collision uh, billions of years ago, and is and its magnetic field doesn't go through the center of the planet, which creates a absolutely fascinating mess of an object. So, if you were to estimate it with uh, um, the atmospheric feature, you would get a good estimate. It is quite quick, but you wouldn't get the real number and you might be missing some crucial physics. And it's the same when you get to 
places like Saturn, uh, it's just like, okay, this is a big estimate, uh, and, but you cannot use radio waves. And with Venus, uh, you would be getting a completely wrong numbers because the clouds move so fast. So you need uh, more. You need to come up with way that properly measure and they probably scale with the rotation of the planets. This is amazing. So from disco balls in space to waves upon rings, learned a lot today. Yes. It's always great to speak to experts, so this was a really cool episode. Thank you. You're very welcome. Until next time. Until next time. <laughs>